Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 80 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew Wynn, and with me today is Mr. Michael Freeman. Mike, how are you doing today? Mike, uh, Mike is good. Oh, yeah? Mike is good. How is Andrew doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good today. I've had a pretty good week, and I uh, enjoyed the little bit of rain we had yesterday, but happy to see that it's a beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest. It is. So. It's like uh, birds are chirping. Andrew was walking on sunshine about uh, 40 minutes ago. and I was, just because of stuff happening in life. <laughs> you, if, you, if you go to our church, you can come talk to me later. So, <laughs> so I, wanted Mike, to, I wanted to see what you would do with that. i just just going to keep living my private life publicly. <laughs> so, So, Mike, hey, this last weekend was the Super Bowl. Did you enjoy it, or did you follow any of those teams, the Rams and the and the Bengals? I mean, I I'm aware they're on the periphery of my okay. life in terms of. Um, Are you a football guy? I know you're a baseball guy. I, I enjoy watching. I I do not follow closely. I mean, I root for the Seahawks, but I don't follow closely. I don't know. You know, a couple times during the season, I'll look up to see where the Seahawks are in the ranking. And okay, and, you know, a few years ago, I would have been able to tell you pretty pretty readily, like, hey, here's who they are and who's on their team, but I just don't have the time to follow okay. it that well. And, uh, and there's been all sorts of controversy around it, but I, I like the game. I like watching a competitive game. Super Bowl was really fun and enjoyed watching that. And so it was, it was a good day for us. It looked like it was a close game. I, I think I read it was like 24 to 20 at the end, wasn't it? Pretty close something to that. Like yeah. That. Like yeah. That. And uh, I, what blows my mind, which what I learned this week, is that L.A. has two teams. I guess L.A. is big enough to sustain two. I, it has to be big enough, I guess. But it, that's, I don't know. I just thought there were rules as to why. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not a sports guy. I'm just surprised that L.A. has two football teams Yeah, is, is all I'm saying. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my takeaway from the Super Bowl is, okay. uh, you know, we, we watch it. We invited some friends over and, um, and had a good time. And uh, we, we learned a few years ago, we always turn it off during the halftime show because okay. there's always going to be drama and some perversion, honestly. On yeah. it. And so that's really nice, like just having people over and then we just hung out during the halftime. And, um, but I'll tell you, the cool thing is the guy, the Super Bowl, the team that won, the yeah. Rams, I'm not a fan of them. They're rivals for the Seahawks. Okay. But uh, they have a brand new quarterback, someone who's been in the league a long time. And to see him win after years and years of work and persistence, that was, I, I kind of thought that was a cool thing. Like okay. to see a guy who's yeah. been around a long time, striving, working, and finally get there. I just, that was kind of the cool thing for me to watch. I, I, okay. That was special. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's funny that you said that, um, that you turned off the halftime show. I was going to ask you, because I saw just a bunch of people super hyped that, uh, just people from the early or the late nineties and early two thousands were were the halftime show, and I just saw all these memes about how like yeah, finally getting music for us young people, and then people realizing oh, millennials are in their forties yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, they had like um, you know Eminem, Snoop Dogg. I I know there were some few others that I know, but uh, they were there was nostalgia for sure. Yeah, in yeah. terms of some of those folks that were on there. And even some of the, like, you know, the commercials leading up to it, they play a portion of the song. I'm like, I remember listening to that in like sixth grade. And, uh, but that, that, that is not music for young people anymore. I no, guess. it's, it's not. But, and I, I, nostalgia for me is like listening to that and realizing like, oh, during that time I was listening to things like Switchfoot, Reliant K. Like, you know, I lived a kind of somewhat sheltered Christian life, I guess, mm-hmm. during that time. I was really into the Christian music scene. Yeah. Like Audio Adrenaline. Oh, I miss Audio Adrenaline. Like the, the good Audio Adrenaline when, when Mark Stewart <laughs> was the actual the lead man. Not the Michael Tate Audio Adrenaline. Is that who it was? I personally feel DC Talk has ruined a lot of... <laughs> 
bands. But that's a that's a conversation for well, another day. <laughs> and you know, one of them is shipwreck. There's faith. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. There, there's you, that. Yeah, that is a uh, that's actually the guy who led Audio A for is a that little who bit. Was? Yeah, because Michael Tate went to the news. So Kevin Max. Kevin Max. Yeah. yeah. Which again, that's a conversation. Like this is not what we were planning on nope, talking about today. Nope, Football it, and audio adrenaline. Yep. And DC talk. Yep. Yep. So, but yeah, Mike. Hey. Um. And your text message life. Yes. <laughs> all the messages. What's up, ladies? That's all I'll say. <laughs> Anyway, um, Mike, before we jump into today's topic, I, I kind of want to take a moment to plug again a couple things that we have coming to uh, going on for our church. Number one, we do have a membership meeting at the end of this month, right? February 27th. Um, can you kind of give us a synopsis as to what we're doing, I guess, as members? Like, why are we gathering? Yeah, this, so this is a way for us to communicate with the church family. Some of the, you know, inner workings of the church, we want to, we're working at being better at communicating what's going on behind the scenes. And so when people come on the weekends, there's things we're talking about. We only have so much time at a weekend service. And so we're doing these quarterly membership meetings. There'll be some updates. It'll also likely, there'll be some time where we're saying, hey, here are some things we're thinking about. We would love to hear from you and any thoughts you have if we start to make some of these moves or directional shifts or you know decisions because we don't want to be making decisions in a vacuum. This is a church and, mm-hmm. and we're a family and we want to make decisions in a way that we understand all the dynamics and and it's really easy to forget maybe what other people's perspectives might be okay. or not know those. And so that's what that's going to be. So if I'm hearing you correctly, this is as a church family, not just church, we shouldn't really see it as church members, but church family, uh, we're about to start making some moves and it's just a way for us to start that dialogue as to what we're doing, why we're doing it and making sure we're, we're accounting for as much as we possibly can as we move forward. Okay. I appreciate that. The second thing is, uh, we are going to be doing the couples check-in pretty soon here, or you're leading that specifically and I'll probably be helping with kids or whatever. But, uh, one thing I thought was really advantageous, I guess. You might be registered by then. Maybe who knows? (laughs) What's up, ladies? <laughs> um, <laughs> so bad. I'm not gonna edit any of this out. It's gonna be here. <laughs> there are very few moments where I get to make it awkward for you, and this seems to be working really well. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so we we talked about like one of the things that people should appreciate, I guess, is maybe maybe you're like me. I grew up in a pretty broken home, and what told me what a marriage should look like is the media, Hollywood, things like that. And so maybe if you're a, a millennial, someone who's been married or is married or about to be married, and you've never really had um, maybe the biblical model of what a healthy marriage looks like, this is an opportunity to get kind of that, that perspective, right? Is that, is that something that is going to be presented in, in this? Absolutely. So this is, this is not meant to be just a teaching event. There's, this is a multifaceted seminar. And the hope is it, it's very interactive. It's very dialogue-based. And so I will be doing some teaching on what, what a biblical marriage looks like. But we're also going to be basing a lot of our conversations off of this prepare and enrich assessment that couples will take ahead of time. And that assessment, it shows a couple what their strengths are and what their growth areas are. And then it actually, it provides tools that we'll be teaching during that weekend so that they can start to even do some practicing. Like how do we, how do we approach this issue in our marriage in a way that not only honors God, but moves us forward so that we are, we are healthier in our relationship. And so there's biblical teaching, there's real life assessment, and then there's also some practical tools, all of that combined over, you know, two days, a day and a half, really, uh, 
it, that's that's what it's going to look like. It's okay. going to be really a great time. Plus, we're going to have lunch together and. Uh, I want to encourage people, if you're thinking about registering, make sure you do that soon. Registration is going to close the first Wednesday in March. And so we're, we're a little ways away from that, but it's going to come really quick. Yeah. So, and you know, we, we recognize that there are barriers, but hey, if you have kids, we're going to provide childcare. If, if the $60 registration cost is an obstacle, we have scholarships involved. In, er, 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 we have scholarships. So just let us know and ha- let's begin this conversation. We want, to, we want to do whatever it takes to make sure that you have this chance. Yeah. So... If, if you are interested, if you look, if you want to register right now, you can go to our church website, vcflongview.org backslash couples, and you'll see a place to register online right now. That's right. And I will say, you know, that $60 might seem a lot, a lot, but, um, we're not making money off this. I probably should have said that sooner than later, right? But this is not actually a way for us to make money. This is the $60 is going to cover lunch. It's going to cover the assessment and it's going to cover childcare and then maybe a little bit of printing, but we might even not break even. So that said, you know, we're, we're not trying to say, Hey, like, how can we get your money? We're actually saying, how can we serve you? Our hope is really just to break even. And we would rather have you there and then, and pay for those things ourselves than not have you if you want to be there. That's great. And, and maybe Mike, I, maybe for, uh, uh, for the person who wants to do this but already had something planned for the weekend this is happening, something like with family or something like that, do you think this is going to be something we'll do again in the future? Well, I, I want to say yes. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Okay. I mean, if, uh, you know, I expect this could be something that is a regular thing in what we do, okay. you know, perennial or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of things we want to do seminars on in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to do this. Um, uh, we've got some plans for parenting seminars. We've got some plans for evangelism seminars and apologetic seminars. We've already done one on how to read your Bible. That was pre-COVID or mm-hmm. how, to, how to study your Bible. And so, uh, you know, f- seminars on how to have, you know, your finances in order. I would love to even do a seminar like, hey, let's sit down and let's go through the book of Ephesians in, in a day and a half, or okay. let's sit down and go through, you know, the book of James in a day and a half or, you know, Leviticus, you know, and uh, no, no smile be, there. Yeah. I was like, that would be a long day. Uh, that would be a, a long, long day and a half. Long conference. So, so this is the idea of seminars is going to become something more and more frequent at Valley. Okay. okay. But this one in particular, you know, I, I hope maybe in a year we'll do it again. Okay. So that, so from the sound of it, man, let's, if you can make this a priority, we really encourage you to do that. It's going to be great. It's hundred percent part of our mission as a church to build strong families. And part of building strong families is making sure there's a rock solid marriage going on. So, uh, all right, Mike, with that said, we're about 10 minutes into this. Are you ready to jump into today's topic? Yeah. All right. So we last week we started going. Uh, we started continuing our our series on systematic theology, and we were looking at creation as right? God the Creator. Uh, this or th- last week we looked at who, like as like who is the Creator. Uh, we started talking about like you know the space time continuum, the fourth dimension, talking about the possibility of a being living outside of space and time. Uh, it got it got pretty. Uh, it's not science fiction. It's it's. It's reality. That's exactly what God is. It got a little philosophical. It, it did. We, it did. Yeah. And it, it landed actually in a very uh, very challenging and hopefully a very hopeful place for a lot of people. We heard from some people how meaningful it was for us to just, just take a look at, the, at God, our creator. Uh, so this week, though, we're, we're looking at something, I guess, the next aspect of, of creation. You kind of want to lay that out for us? Yeah, so if last week we talked about the who, God is the who. God is the creator. He is the the uncreated creator, right? He is the one from everything comes from. And so if if we've established that, which I think, you know, we we 
we tagged all the bases. You know, we didn't spend 10 days going through a seminar, but, you know, we, we tagged all the bases in terms of who God is as creator, that he is the transcendent creator, that, that the Father, Son, and Spirit were all involved in the, in the creation act. And so now today we're going to talk about how. And maybe, depending on time, we'll even talk about why. Mm-hmm. And so we've gone from who to how and then maybe why. And so when we talk about how, the, the, then the, the question is, well, how, how did God create? Like, did God have uh, just a bunch of matter like left over from, you know, some some home remodeling project that he, <laughs> that he grabbed? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use this extra stuff to make something. How did God create? And there are, there are really... I'd say three aspects of how God created. The first two are really aspects of how he did it. And the third is more of a, uh, a, a consequence of him being creator and, and making things. Okay. Right. Okay. And so the first one is how God made everything. Well, God made everything next ex nihilo, okay. which is a, a phrase that simply means out of nothing from nothing. Everything that was made, God made, he, he did not have a substance. He didn't have some, like I mentioned earlier, some leftovers from something else. He didn't, uh, it wasn't God. And then this unformed mass in the, and then God took this unformed mass that came from who knows where mm-hmm. uh, there was nothing. God made everything out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it, he's the origin. We're not, we're not saying that there was some matter or space anything prior to that. Uh, that kind of brings a uniqueness then to just the creation itself that we are created from him and out of him. And there's nothing else going on, which makes our lives actually, I think a little more, more meaningful in that situation. And again, it shows that this is an all powerful God. Am I, am I tracking with you on That's that? Right. Yeah. Okay. And so the, the emphasis here then is, is God didn't have anything external that aided him. Okay. Right. God alone is the creator who made everything out of nothing. The, the emphasis is also on, there was nothing preexistent. There was no, like I mentioned, no, no matter over here. Nothing existed. God, God straight. He made it right. And so then he made it out of nothing. Well, because, because he is different. And this is, this is part of that nuance. There is, is there are two categories that everything in existence falls into. Okay. There is the category of created mm-hmm. and the category of uncreated. Okay. Right. And so God is the only one that exists in the category of uncreated. It's like that, that, uh, that uncreated category is uh, very sparse. <laughs> it is an elite, it is an elite group, right? Yeah. In that group is the triune God period. Okay. Right. So, so then for people who maybe have a little bit of Bible behind them, they would ask then like maybe, but were, were angels a part of eternity past or are they part of the created? Are they not uncreated? Like how does, how does that work if they're heavenly beings that exist outside of creation? Is that how that works? Do so we label them as, as um, different, I guess, than creation as or different from the physical space that we exist in? I think the word physical is the key word there, right? Okay. okay. They're, they're created spiritual beings. Okay. We are created beings that have soul and body. I think we talked about this maybe a month or so ago, but you think about living beings in creation, right? Mm-hmm. You think about, uh, you know, animals, mm-hmm. they, they have body, mm-hmm. but no soul. Okay. Right. You think about angels, they are spirit or soul, we'll say, mm-hmm. you know, but no body. Okay. And you think about mankind, human beings in God's created wisdom. He made us unique. We are spirit and body, right? We, we are both. And okay. so that said, angels, they're still created. Okay. So they're, they, they're with us in the created 
in the in the created section of that category. That's right. Okay, all right. Um, and this ultimately then means that creation is uh, dependent upon God. We'll talk about that in a more mm-hmm. in a moment. But but creation is subservient to God is the word I'm looking for. Creation uh, stands as a servant to God, the one who made it, not mm-hmm. not God serving creation. And okay. so this yeah. is, everything came out of nothing. God's the one that made everything. And so he is superior and supreme to everything. And so everything bows before him, I guess is what we're saying. And so that's, that's I think that's a big distinctive because there are, there are uh, pantheons of, of these made-up gods who are contingent on creation. like Or like, oh, no, this person... like Kind of like... Uh, this is a bad illustration, but you ever watch Hook growing up like yeah. with Tinkerbell? Like, oh, we don't, we don't believe, and so she's dying. Or, or like, there's not enough... Like, Captain Planet, like, oh, man, like, the, the Earth is going to ruins, and because of that, Captain Planet's starting to lose his power. No, no, no. God is the source of all of creation, and he is not dependent on creation, but in fact, it's creation... That's dependent on God. That's right. And this, you know, this is, uh, this can become very practical. You know, Jesus, when he talks about prayer, he talks about don't be like the religious leaders who stand on the corner praying for their own self-benefit. But he also talks about not praying like the, uh, the pagan Gentiles who will pray with the repeated speech over and over again. And in essence, they're, they're praying mm-hmm. so that they can ma- manipulate the spiritual realm so that the spiritual realm will serve them or bow down to them. Mm-hmm. They're really trying to manipulate spiritual beings. And so when Jesus teaches us to pray, we, we don't pray like that because mm-hmm. we can't manipulate God. Right. We are subservient to him. We we serve him. And yet he is, he, because he's a good father, mm-hmm. because he's a great creator, uh, he, he does. He loves us and he cares about us and he'll listen to our prayers. But but we always, always have to remember that he is the uncreated one. Mm-hmm. He he is God. We, we are the created beings. We are not God. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that is a really good practical thing. And I think that helps us now as we think about it, just posture ourselves to make sure we're posturing ourselves correctly when we pray, when we plead with God. Because it's not about us changing him. Like, like I said, it's not us, us manipulating, but us really coming in line with him and what he's doing because he, we are serving him. So that's, that's a great point. Um, all right. So it goes on. To, so is there any more to the ex nihilo from, from nothing? I think, I think that's good for now. And so then the next phrase or the next statement that we make is God made everything by fiat. Yeah. I'm excited for you to walk through this because when I think of fiat, I just think of a car. Yeah. So I have no idea what this word means. It, it means decree. Oh. Right. And so God decreed, God, okay. God made a, a statement, right? And so when God says, let there be light, right? Mm-hmm. What God is decreeing mm-hmm. and what he says happens. Now, when, when we talk about this, we're actually describing God creating the universe in six literal days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of pushup back about this, but, but I, I actually think this makes a lot of sense if we remember who God is, mm-hmm. because we want to push back against God creating the world in six literal days. We want to say, oh, it took longer than that. Or, you know, we want to believe there's an evolutionary mix within it. But the Bible, first of all, the, the Bible says God created, mm-hmm. right? And it explains it as in he created in these six days. But also we have to remember God is God. I mean, if God is the creator, uh, and, and we believe he's powerful enough to create. Are we saying that God's not strong enough to create within six days? Right, yeah. I mean, what's the difference between being the creator that creates in a, a six day, six 24 hour days or in 6 million years, right? Mm-hmm. Are we saying that God's not powerful enough to do the first, but he's yeah. powerful enough to do the latter, which is still 
out, outrageously powerful. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so ultimately this, I think this is a call to faith to believe not just in who God is, but that his word is true. Yeah. I, you know, you, you, we've been hitting on this and the more you've been talking about that, the more I realize, like, wow, how, how, what a display of power to be able to just speak something into existence as opposed to like, you know, some guy pulling up his short sleeve, shirt sleeves and like really working hard, to, which would still be impressive. He made the universe of God actively was like, had like a, like a workbench he was working on to create the universe. And then, wow, the creator. But we're, what we're talking about is that God just spoke and the universe happened. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, in, in any way, does that tie to like like John? John chapter one is like Christ being the Word of God, like and all things were created in Him and through Him. Like that's God. Jesus is like that that yeah. that power. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Jesus was part of the creation act. Yeah, right. We talked about that last week. Father, Son, and Spirit all mm-hmm. had roles to play in the creation act, and, and a beautiful display of this unity of the triune God, this triunity mm-hmm. in their work in creation. Right, and uh, it, it's it's awesome. Um, it it does have that, but I want to back up to something you said because you talked about God having a workbench, and you know we want to liken do it to you know you and I rolling up our sleeves and going at it for a hard day work. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> my son, he's been hired this week. He's going to go and chop wood for someone all day. And, oh, wow. You know, he's going to have a, a good hard day's work. But but you think about you and I, all of the work we do, it is dependent on things already being created. Yeah, yeah. We have to remember that, that this makes a lot of sense. By fiat, God declaring it and it coming into being makes a lot of sense if, in fact, we believe God made everything ex nihilo. Wow. Right? It, okay. it came out of nothing. So he spoke it into existence by the power of his word. And uh, again, this, this just, it emphasizes who God is. It emphasizes his power, that he is God almighty, that he is creator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we can even sit here a little bit longer because when people have, um, hesitancy or doubt about believing God being able to make the world in six days, I just keep pushing back. Like Jesus resurrected from the grave. Jesus brought others to life. Mm -hmm. Jesus healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, uh, fixed the lame, right? Jesus cast out demons. And if you believe that, if you believe in the supernatural acts of Jesus, the virgin birth, the perfect life, the, the, the miraculous miracles, miraculous miracles. <laughs> this, <laughs> As opposed to like the mundane miracles. Yeah, yeah. The, the supernatural miracles, yeah. <laughs> the, the resurrection, and even the ascension. If you're a Christian, you believe those. Those are basic, mm-hmm. right? Those are core basic beliefs. And you say, well, I have a hard time believing that God made the world in six literal days. I'd say you're missing some logic there. Yeah. If God's able to do those things in the life of Christ, but God's not able to create the world, I think we're, we're missing something. Logically speaking, God is God. Mm-hmm. God, he, the Lord is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Mm-hmm. He, he creates and, and he sent his son and he even saves. Yeah. It, it just seems like that at that point, if you have a hard time believing that it's, it's because we just have that pressure from the culture around us to accept the idea of a, of the evolution or like the big bang theory, like all these things that says, you know, if you don't believe these things we're uneducated and that's, that's not the case, you know? So yeah. Okay. 
So the last statement here then is that God made everything dependent. Okay. And which kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so the world depends on, on actually the, the word of Christ with holding everything together. Mm-hmm. The world does not just move on outside of God's hand. God is not a God who made everything and set it in motion. And then now he's on a vacation to some other, you know, you know, realm or world, uh, the world actually depends upon Christ. We we depend upon on Christ even for our, our very breathing. I mean, we have just a, a smattering, smattering of verses that, that remind us of these truths. Uh, do you want to read some of those? Or Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're looking at Colossians 1.17. I say you just read that whole list we have. Okay, so this is Colossians 1.17. It says, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's speaking of Christ. Mm-hmm. So in Christ, all things hold together. The, the world is held together by Christ. And keep going. Hebrews 1.3, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Yeah. So how does Jesus uphold the universe? By the word of his power. And how is the universe created? By the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, again, this is why, why we, we believe he spoke the world into existence. And not only did he speak the world into existence, the world remains in existence. These molecules that bind or that are bound together in our body, mm-hmm. they, they remain in existence because, because of the word of Jesus's power. Uh, the breath that we breathe right now is because of the power of Christ's word yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, this is Acts 17, 25, and you want me to just go ahead and read 28 with that? Sure. Okay. Uh, 25. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And then it continues on on, on 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of you, or as some of your own poets have said, for, for we are indeed his offspring. Yeah, so this is Paul speaking here, and he's talking about how this, you know, in Christ, or we, we exist and we continue on, right? Okay. And then Paul even quotes a, a poet in um, ancient Greek, Grecian poet, and he says, you know, even... Even your poets understand that there is a dependence we have upon him. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of these last few, these last few verses is, is God doesn't need anything from us. We need him. Um, it's interesting. My life group, we had a uh, conversation about glorifying God a few weeks ago. Okay. And we, we talked about how, you know, God, he needs nothing from us. Well, does God need glory from us? And we wrestled with that a little bit, but the reality is when we give God glory, we're not giving him something he doesn't already have Mm -hmm. as if like we are creating new glory and returning it to him. The reality is that that all glory is God already. Mm -hmm. God God receives all glory anyway. And so we're not like adding extra to the glory pile, but instead God's glory has been distributed across this world, across this creation, and even in Christians. And so in essence, what we do when we give him glory is we're, we're giving, we're, we're reflecting the glory that he already has shown us. And so it's almost like we're, we're mirrors of his glory. We're not mm-hmm. fabricating new glory. We're just pointing out 
God is glorious and and he doesn't need that from us because if we don't glorify him, he's not going to be one ounce less glorious. We're not going to diminish anything from who he is and what he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are dependent, not him. And it seems like the driving factor behind the idea of recognizing that God is creator and that he is independent of us really is to make sure that we maintain a posture of dependency on him which is a direct blow to the ego of mankind, isn't it? Because we tend to think, if you're a humanist, that we are the measure of all things. When really, God being the creator, he is the measure of all things. And that's something that we have to contend with and submit to. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is, you know, this is how God made things. God made things from nothing. He made things by the, the word of his mouth, by fiat. And he made all things to be dependent upon him, not him to be dependent upon all things. Okay. And so this is, you know, we, we've seen who, God. We've seen how, well, from nothing, by his word. Okay. And the last question then is, well, why? Why did God do all this? Okay. And That's a good question. The, the twofold answer is he, he did all of this, first of all, for his glory, and secondly, for our good. And this reflects you know, God in his glory, he, he deserves all glory, but also it reflects God in his, his love. He, he made so that we can experience his goodness. Right. And we have a, a handful of verses here. If, if you want to start with that first one in uh, Romans 11. Yeah. Romans eleven thirty six. it says for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Yeah. Pr- pretty clear, right? Yep. From God, he, he is the creator. Through him, same thing, right? Especially their maintain. Mm-hmm. And then to him, he is the, the ultimate end of all things. And what is the ultimate end of all things to him? To him be the glory forever. Amen. So it, it, everything is for his glory. Mm-hmm. Everything he made is for his glory. I'll read the next one. Psalm 102, 25 through 27 says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away, but you are the same and your years have no end. And again, everything's going to pass away. Everything is temporal except for the one who is not. Everything is created and is wearing out, but God himself, he stands apart from all of that. He is in contrast to the world that is, is you know, decaying. He is glorious and he's yeah. he is full. And you want to read that last Psalm right there? Yeah. Psalm uh, 104, 24. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works in wisdom. Have you made them all? The earth is full of your creatures. So how multifaceted are your works? They, they, they display your wisdom and the earth is full of all your creatures. This is again, this is just giving uh, recognition. Where's it all come from? Mm-hmm. It's God. Is that, so just just backing up just a little bit, because I think like there are some, I, I guess just a, there's a term I would like to, for you to hear you define, and that's just the word glory. Because oftentimes, like when I was younger, like growing up in, in Asian culture, glory was defined to me as just respect or maybe even just recognition, right? Is that is that all that we're talking about right here? Or, when we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about the sum total of all of his characteristics, perfections, or attributes, right? Okay. And so God's glory is when we see God in, in his perfection and all of who he is, right? Okay. And so part of who God is, is he is creator. And so his creation displays his glory because it's displaying 
who he is, okay. right? That's what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. And so this is, that's why it's so important to glorify God mm-hmm. because when we glorify God, what are we doing? We're recognizing who he is. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're acknowledging he's God. Yep. And in this moment, we're acknowledging that he is the creator, the sustainer and of life. Yep. Okay. And again, to do that, you have to be humble. Mm-hmm. You have to have a posture of humility. To do that, you have to recognize your dependence upon him. When you do that, you recognize that we've talked early in our podcast. When we started, we talked about that book, Who Am I? Mm-hmm. We talked about being vulnerable. We have to recognize I am vulnerable. I am I am extremely weak. And yet God is, he, he is not. Right. And, and he loves me. It's okay. pretty, pretty wonderful. And so first of all, we see why. Well, first of all, for his glory. And the second is is for our good. Okay. And we have a little bit of a longer passage here. Uh, I wonder, would you read Genesis 1, uh, 26 through 31? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them him male and female he created them and god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it over every living thing that moves on the earth and god said behold i have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with its seed in its fruit you shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to every, everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there, and there was morning the sixth day. Yeah. I like your emphasis on very good there at the end, right? That's, that's part of where we're going to land. God made things good. He made, he made mankind very good, but I want to actually, if you know, if you're a listener and you're uh, listening to this and you have uh, the ability to open up your Bible, not not if you're driving or whatnot, but you know, uh, you look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. This is oftentimes called the creation mandate. And, and this is good, right? God, he created us to be fruitful, to multiply, like <clears throat> recognizing building a family is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we live in a culture that sometimes pushes us away from desiring that, to desiring to have a family, desiring to have marriage, but but this is how he made it. And he, yeah. he says that that's good. It's good for us. And it's also good for us to have dominion. Now, this is not to be domineering, mm-hmm. uh, but to to take control over the earth, to harness the world that God has given us for the purposes of, of progress, of growth, mm-hmm. of filling the, the world with, with humans, mm-hmm. all of it so that we can recognize and reflect his glory. Right. And so he, he wants us to enjoy him. He wants us to enjoy this world. He wants us to enjoy each other because it's a reflection of his goodness. Yeah. And so he made us for our good. Okay. That, that is freeing and that is, um, it's challenging, but also 
it's encouraging to let them know like, that God meant this stuff for our good. Because that account happens before sin mm-hmm. enters the world. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. So, again, this is, you know, last week we talked about who? God is the God of creation. Today we talked about how. We saw some elements of how God made the world and also why, ultimately for his glory and for our good. And again, all this just reflects, again, that he is good. It is. And so with that, I guess I guess the challenge of listening to this then is to, I guess I would pray for our listeners to be humble and to recognize their dependence on a good God. I know whoever is listening to this, and I don't, I don't know what the situation may be when, by the time you're listening to this, but there are times when we have to remind ourselves that we are dependent on the Holy Creator. And there are moments in our lives that we are arrogant enough to want to deny that, that we think, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I need to do. I don't need God to show me what, whatever needs to happen. Even if we claim to be Christians, sometimes we have this arrogance about trying to be independent. But this right here is we need to recognize, I think the call to recognize that God is our Creator, and we are dependent on him for his glory, but it's also for our good. This isn't like a selfish thing on God's part. It's for our good. Yeah. That humble faith. I, I've been going back to that phrase over and over again in, in the uh, the daily devotions I've been recording. Mm-hmm. The, the idea of humble faith, it just is, it's so apparent as we walk through the gospels, how Jesus responds to those with a humble faith. And I think the same is true right here. When we have a humble faith, we're able to say, okay, first of all, God is bigger than whatever difficulty I'm facing right now, mm-hmm. right? And so that brings comfort. It says, God can get me through this, but it also means God is bigger than anything else we might love or want or desire, which means not only can God get me through my situations, but, but ultimately I need to be honoring God. I need yeah. to be remembering him. I need to be worshiping him. I need to make the things of God a priority. I need to be in my word. I need to be in fellowship and in, in corporate worship. I should be leaning into a life group. I should be doing the things that God's laid before me so that I can grow mm-hmm. to know him and honor him more and more. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, Mike, this seems like a good place to maybe just stop and and allow people to just kind of think through and digest the things that we just went through. You know, I... We really want to challenge people to, as they continue to grow, to have that humble faith that you're that you were talking about. So maybe we'll bring this to a close today. But I, I want to encourage people because we've had a couple of people reach out. Like, if you have questions, if you have um, maybe even concerns, or th- like if this has challenged you in some way, we're not just podcast hosts. We're, we're pastors. We love walking with people. We love talking to people. So I would encourage you to to reach out and and at, at, at any way that you know how to. Um, if you look at the description, you'll see. Uh, you know, we, we have, there's a way you can email us. Um, Mike, if you're, if you're listening or if you're a part of our church and you're listening, you probably have our, our phone numbers, you know, we're on Twitter. If you find us <laughs> tweet at us or whatever, but I just want to encourage, cause these are, these are big ideas and there are times where we just have to allow those to sink into our hearts. So Mike, would you maybe just pray for our listeners and close us today? Father, we, we thank you that you are the God who has made all things from you and through you and to you are all things. And so to you be the glory forever. Amen. You've been listening to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, a ministry of Valley Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to check out more resources or even connect with us, go to vcflongview.org.